WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Defense attorneys are laying out their case for why confessed Oxford High School shooter Ethan Crumbly should not spend the rest of his life in prison. Proceedings have been taking place in Oakland County this week to determine whether Crumbly should get life. Attorney Paulette Lofton questioned Oakland County Sheriff's Department Detective Edward Wagroski about thousands of text messages that Crumbly sent before the shooting. One thought that keeps coming back to me is how after school I have no plan in life. I'm most likely going to be homeless. I have no desire to do anything. Following Paige, it's what keeps me up all night. The defense has said Crumbly was reaching out for help but never got any. Two Oxford students were expected to take the witness stand today. No decision on the sentencing is expected until next week. Congressman Bill Heisinga has sent a letter to Postmaster General Louis DeJoy questioning the United States Postal Service's plans for consolidating Southwest Michigan operations into a single sort and delivery center. Heisinga tells us the initiative is intended for post offices in the Kalamazoo area. He questions how such strategies would affect postal customers and says he wrote to DeJoy asking for more local input. Let's say, hold on, time out. We think you need to go back and do some more due diligence with these local communities and make sure that it's properly balanced between actual cost savings because the post office is fiscally and economically in trouble, but making sure that it is fulfilling its mandates of service. Heisinger says regional consolidation would force mail carriers to pick up mail at one specific center instead of the local post office, causing delivery delays. He's asked the joy for more details on the Kalamazoo consolidation plan and requested a meeting. Governor Gretchen Whitmer has signed legislation banning conversion therapy for minors in Michigan. The bills that she signed this week build on a previous executive directive to prohibit the use of state and federal funds for conversion therapy on minors. In 2021, the governor signed the directive and called on the legislature to codify a ban on conversion therapy in general. Speaking after the bill signing, Whitmer said she has the LGBT community's back. Conversion therapy is an abusive process used to try and control children. It's anti-medicine, anti-choice, and it's just plain wrong. So I'm proud that we're finally banning conversion therapy in Michigan. Conversion therapy, also known as reparative therapy, refers to any intervention that attempts to change an individual's sexual orientation or gender identity. Statistics from the Trevor Project, a nonprofit dedicated to suicide prevention, estimate 5% of Michigan's LGBTQ youth have reported being subjected to conversion therapy as of 2022. In the same study, another 10% reported being threatened with it. Wibmer says that she'll fight for everyone's freedom to be who they are. There's a new mural on the side of a building in Three Oaks. Painted on the side of Sweet on Elm, a new candy and ice cream store at 15 North Elm, is a depiction of a cabinet full of old-fashioned candy jars. Edwardsburg-based artist Chris Stakowitz spent 56 days creating the mural after being contacted by the shop's owner, Colleen Froelich. Colleen tells us she wanted to open a candy shop to fill a void in Three Oaks, and she wanted the building to have something special that reflected the business. Well, I've been staring at the side of this building for 31 years, and when we moved across the street and expanded our kitchen and pantry you know, across the street from the bakery, we put up signage on that wall, and we have our patio that faces that wall, and nothing really seemed to work. People just didn't see that wall. It didn't matter what we put on it. Artist Stakowitz has previously worked on about 100 murals, many of them in South Bend. He tells us the shop gave him free license to choose a concept. He presented three proposals going with the candy cabinet. 
He says it was a pleasure to work in Three Oaks. Miss one, pretty safe place to work. Didn't have to worry about my equipment being stolen. I was able to use a scaffolding and a scissor lift and just keep my supplies on site, which was pretty nice. I usually work like eight-hour days, sometimes ten. Stackowitz says he, while he loves all kinds of art, murals are special to him because they're always visible to the public without having to go into a museum or gallery. People often stop by to chat with him as he was working on the Three Oaks mural. He's hoping to paint other murals in southwest Michigan. Sweet on Elm is now open for business, offering a variety of sweets and baked goods. The New Heights CCDA is close to completing its Community Resource Center in Benton Heights. The group is constructing a community center and laundromat after a survey of Benton Heights residents found services lacking in the area. Ground was broken on the facility at 2021 Red Arrow Highway in April. New Heights CCDA says it's almost reached its $1.3 million fundraising goal, boosted by a recent $70,000 donation from the American Electric Power Foundation. CCDA Director Chris Britton says with that donation, quote, full funding for the project is now in sight. They're about $100,000 away from the goal. Britton told us in April the center will house human and social services in addition to washers and dryers. Partners expected to have spaces there include Summit Financial Wellness and Connexus. The goal is to have the new center open in the fall. The city of St. Joseph has updated how residents can apply for permission to park on the street overnight and apply for a free carbon monoxide detector. It's now possible to apply to the St. Joseph Department of Public Safety for either of those things online rather than having to call. The new overnight streetside parking request allows residents who need to park a vehicle on the street overnight to submit their information via the city's website. The permission can be used by residents who have overnight guests or who are having construction work done for up to seven nights. The smoke and carbon monoxide detectors request can also be made via the website. We'll have links to both request forms at our website. Lake Michigan has been ranked as the fourth best lake for swimming in the United States by USA Today's 2023 10 Best Readers Choice List. Published last month, the rankings were selected by editors and readers. USA Today writes, Lake Michigan is always a little cold even in the summer, but offers a refreshing dip for those willing to brave low temperatures. It cites attractive swimming locations as Indiana Dunes National Park and Michigan's Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. Appearing at number seven on the list is Lake Huron, while Lake Charlevoix is number five. Beating Lake Michigan on the list is Lake Superior, which placed second. Ranked as the number one best lake in the U.S. for swimming is Lake Ochita in Arkansas. It's a man-made lake that was created as a source of hydroelectric power. And the Niles Burn Run is this weekend. Held at Riverfront Park, the event will feature live music, vendors, food, drinks, and motorcycles. Everything starts at 8 p.m. tonight with a concert. Tomorrow, we'll bring the Niles Burn Run Car Show beginning at 2 p.m. The motorcycle ride will be on Sunday with registration at 9. There will be a pancake breakfast and then a ride escorted by police starting at noon. The Niles Burn Run raises money for the Great Lakes Burn Camp, which offers camps for kids who have suffered burn injuries. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. 
President Biden is in Maine today where he's signing an executive order aimed at supporting domestic manufacturing and innovation. More from ABC's Ike Egiochi. On the heels of an optimistic GDP report, President Biden is in Maine at a textile manufacturing plant continuing his Bidenomics pitch to Americans. He's signing an executive order that the White House says will further incentivize businesses to invent and innovate in the states. The order encourages federal agencies to consider domestic production when investing in research and development. Also, the order addresses new tech made outside the U.S. by instructing the Commerce Department to create a clearer and timelier process for receiving waivers. Ike Jachi, ABC News, Washington. President Biden used his trip to a textile plant in Maine today to boast about cooling inflation and to make a crack at Republicans who have floated an impeachment inquiry into him. He told the crowd at Auburn Manufacturing that, quote, maybe they'll decide to impeach me because it's coming down, referring to the rate of inflation. Earlier this week, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy made his most direct remarks yet that GOP lawmakers could launch an impeachment inquiry into Biden over unproven claims of financial misconduct. Today was the latest event promoting the president's economic agenda, which the White House calls Bidenomics. As Congress takes its summer break, concerns about a fall government shutdown are growing louder, and some members of Congress are even signaling they would be fine with a temporary shutdown. Here's ABC's Jay O'Brien. The U.S. government runs out of money on September 30th. The big problem right now, Congress just started their August vacation and isn't back until the first week of September. Then it will be crunch time to pass a series of appropriations bills in both chambers of Congress. And already in the House, concerns a block of hardline Republicans could move to stall the process if budget legislation doesn't cut enough spending or contain other conservative social priorities. One GOP congressman, Bob Good of Virginia, telling reporters that most most Americans, quote, won't even miss it if the government is shut down temporarily. Jay O'Brien, ABC News. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell has repeatedly said he's fine since he froze up mid-sentence during a press conference on Wednesday. Now his office is trying to tamp down speculation he might not fill out his term as leader because of recent health issues. In a statement, his office said McConnell appreciates the continued support of his colleagues and, quote, plans to serve his full term in the job they overwhelmingly elected him to do. The statement was first reported by Politico. It comes after McConnell has suffered health problems in recent months. He is 81. Meanwhile, there are new concerns running through Washington this week about the health of the country's most senior senator, Dianne Feinstein. That's after she appeared visibly disoriented during Senate proceedings, just months after a medical emergency forced her to temporarily step away from her role. ABC's Elizabeth Schulze has more. During a Senate committee meeting Thursday, the 90-year-old California Democrat appearing confused. As Feinstein begins reading, an aide comes rushing to her side, interrupting her and urging her to just vote on the defense spending bill. It funds priorities submitted. Yeah, just say I. The awkward moment is reigniting concerns about Feinstein's health after shingles and resulting brain inflammation kept her away from Congress this year for more than two months. Ukrainian and Russian forces battled for a key village in southeastern Ukraine, with Moscow's forces pounding it with artillery amid Kiev's grinding counteroffensive. Russia accused Ukraine of firing two missiles at southern Russia near the border and wounding 20 people. President Vladimir Zelensky, meanwhile, marked Ukraine's Statehood Day holiday by reaffirming its sovereignty as a nation. A direct rebuke to Russian President Vladimir Putin, who used his claim that Ukraine didn't exist as a nation to justify his invasion in 2022. 
Meanwhile, you can call it the Russian charm offensive. President Putin is courting leaders from Africa at a summit. Morph, maybe sees Tom Rivers. Addressing the gathering in St. Petersburg, the Russian leader hailed the continent's growing role in global affairs, and he offered to expand political and business ties. Mindful of some of the difficulties various states face, Putin said Moscow will continue to help ease the debt burden of African countries, Russia's total debt write-offs now reaching some $23 billion. Tom Rivers, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. Donald Trump has been indicted on three additional charges in a case that accuses him of illegally possessing classified documents. These new allegations in a case stemming from a 2022 raid at his Florida estate add fresh detail to the criminal case initially issued last month. The former president faces three new charges in a superseding indictment issued by federal prosecutors Thursday. Trump is newly accused of asking a staffer at Mar-a-Lago to delete camera footage at his Florida estate in an effort to obstruct the federal investigation into his possession of classified documents. The employee is also charged in the case. And excitement is growing over the upcoming Mega Millions drawing, now at more than $900 million. Here's ABC's DeMarco Morgan with the story of one past winner. John Falcon from New York won the lottery when he was 44 years old. The former cabaret singer and writer said life was finally coming together when he saw those winning numbers. And then all of a sudden, one day I won (laughs) and then just never went back. John says the first thing you need is someone to help sort out your money, followed by learning to say no. Everyone's going to ask you for money. I'm not saying don't give to charity or don't support your family, but do it in a smart way. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.